Puppets. This is Everything Trying to Kill You, your most favoritist podcast of all time ever. Ever. The one you tell all your friends about, like, OMG, these girls are so smart and so funny and, like, so hot. Ever. So hot. <laughs> uh, JK. But this is the show that dissects and makes loving fun, or usually loving fun, of all of your favorite horror movies. I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay. And joining us again today is the guest y'all been obsessed with since our hereditary episode, Woo! Rachel! Yes, Rachel! What, what, in the butt? Oh, ooh, <laughs> buy me dinner first. But, uh, Rachel, sing the people the song of your greatness. Tell us about yourself. Oh, well, other than last time, things that you really don't want to know about me, except that sometimes I like to collect teeth and hang out with the elderly. Everything's pretty much the same. <laughs> Are they... Your teeth or other people's? Well, I have all my teeth, so not mine. All of them? You didn't lose any as a child? Okay. You just kept them all in your head? She has like... two rows like a shark. <laughs> <laughs> mine really did grow in that way, though. Like, you could see them in the in the, like my jaw before mm-hmm. they pushed my little teeth out. And you could see them in the roof of my mouth, too, like a shark. Whoa. That's good. I really wish I had a picture of that. Well, you know how small my teeth are. I know. Yeah. Me, too. Mm. I just had uh, one parent's teeth in the other parent's mouth, so nothing fit right. <laughs> oh. Everything was really kind of jostled about. Do you have your parents' teeth, Rachel? Are those among your collection? No, they're not mine. They're not my family's. They're strange, stranger teeth. What do you do, like punch somebody in the mouth <laughs> and then steal their tooth? No, um, there's like this shop online on Etsy. and they, Go on. They, <laughs> they make this really cool jewelry out of people's teeth. And I... Out of... People's teeth and like there's like a barrette that I have somewhere and like at first it started like with a Halloween like oh I'm gonna this will be a cool like part of my costume for Halloween I'm like oh man Mm -hmm. this is actually kind of cool and yeah um, that's how my life is too (laughs) everything starts out as Halloween and then it's like it takes over gonna take it down yeah Yeah. and like the really the most awkward part is that um I work for I work in an oral surgeon's office. But I swear to I swear to God I'm not taking teeth out of that office because I I don't know but I'm a it, I think that might be illegal. It's gotta be. I'm sure right? it is because like even like when a patient asks, oh, can I take my teeth? They really like try to like get them to like be like no no. They really that's don't so want to. Interesting. Yeah. Like it used to live inside of your body, and you're telling someone they can't take it home. See, now. that's the thing. They can't. Outside I don't think bones. they can outside say bones. that they can't. Outside bones. Outside bones. <laughs> that is one of my favorite moments in all of Kimmy Schmidt. Your teeth yes. are bones. Live outside. Like, Hang from your mouth song. like bat. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I could yeah. sing the whole thing, but we don't have to. Let's do the real icebreaker. <laughs> All right, so our icebreaker for today, because today's movie, uh, which I have not shared with you so far, is um, The Conjuring. I know, it's been out so long. How have we not talked about it? Oh my God, so scary. My big takeaway from The Conjuring was that the people with the most understanding of the dangers of the occult are the people who kept a basement full of definitely possessed objects. They have a fucking horror museum, which also, normally I'd be down with, but they have a small child. In their, it's in their house. It's not like even on She's their property. She's hiding it's in there. In it's their in house. There. It's also, not locked. Yeah. What really, and I love this because I'm sure it's like just for the sake of television. And if you go to the actual 
like the Warren's actual collection, it does not look necessarily like this, I'm sure. Like the real Annabelle doll is just a raggedy Ann. Like she's not a terrifying porcelain. Like that one my ex stole beast. from that Airbnb. Yeah, that one. The hell, God, you were so fucking mad about that. I'm still fucking mad about that. You should be. I. It was not a good move. So um, of him, of me. No. Yeah, it wasn't a good move either because I should have just been like, go home. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. Eh. <laughs> So yeah, so like the real Annabelle is just a raggedy Anne, but they made a scarier looking doll for television. I get that. But in this horror museum of the Warrens, in their own house with their child, every single object is something that like a total lay person would be like, oh, I'm not touching that. That's yeah. full of demons. Look right. at it. Mm-hmm. It's like a tiny toy carousel that's bleeding. I'm not touching that shit. And they have this in their house. So my question for today to get the ball rolling is what clearly evil household object would you possess? Were you, you know, um, brutalized your soul trapped on earth to complete your unfinished business of harming the populace the way you've been harmed? What household object that is obviously evil would you possess that the Warrens would then be like, well, this is cute and stick on a shelf in their house. Yeah. It looked like an antique store, like a poorly curated one. Yeah. But like if all the antiques were visibly devilish yeah yeah like if every antique were like actively weeping blood yeah yeah my mom bought one of those figurines from like the turn of the century for two dollars at um the goodwill i'm pretty sure i posted this on our instagram too Mm -hmm. but she was like go look at the doll that i bought and it was it has like these big blue pupilless eyes oh yeah and uh yeah and um and she was like, did you see the doll? And I was like, you, you mean Satan? <laughs> I mean the cursed one on the dining room counter? Yes, I saw. Yeah, how could I not fucking see that? Yes, I can't unsee it. That's the problem. <laughs> anyway, she sold that doll. So now it's cursing someone else's home. But oh, I'm pretty sure she did it because she couldn't unsee the devil in it after that either. <laughs> anyway, right. I had to tell you all that story. But Rachel, you're our guest, so you get to go first. <laughs> oh, God damn. Okay, let me think. So I'm, I'm like, stuck between, like, no, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, that weird, like, stained mattress. Rachel, I thought you were going to say the toy on Toy Story that is just the dentures that you wind up and it, like, <laughs> jumps around the table. Yeah. <laughs> Stained mattress is scary though. Yeah, like the one like in um uh that one season American Horror Story where it's like opening up and like swallowing them in. Is it my turn now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my grandmother had this like tiny piano. We had like a toy, tiny toy piano for children. Yeah. So it's only like, you know, twenty key, like very little. And like it's all even the keys were tiny everything about it was just tiny. Mm -hmm. It's very like plinky 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 (laughs) sounding. That is what I would haunt. Nice. I think I would want to be the vacuum. And I would just, like, play it at random time. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's the middle of the night, and then it's like, Did you have, like, the number? It Was it numbered? So you just pushed, like, the number two? That's what we had at my grandma's house, but it was in no, no, Oregon, is, so. <laughs> no, no, this is just, it's it's only about, like, a foot and a half by like a foot and a half tall. Uh-huh. Yeah, ours was little, but it was an organ. So you'd be playing like Frankie and Johnny, but it'd be like, ba, 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 ba. No, that's not it. No, it this was, was fun. Really, 
this was little and it was it just it like even when we were kids it kind of looked and sounded like okay there's like a victorian child trapped in this interesting <laughs> mm-hmm okay. so yeah so like i would play stuff that's contemporary to me like just now i was playing hey yeah like it's just the middle of the night and the computer <laughs> and the, 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 the like tiny piano is like my humps my humps my humps my humps and you're like what the fuck is going on but it's me luring you to your death somehow at my grandma's house she her house is basically full of artifacts that aren't haunted but could be mm-hmm. and since my grandfather died she does all of these like booby traps in the house to prevent intruders which i love because i noticed that shit like i'm the first one who's like Oh, you put his shoes out here. He has huge feet, right? My grandfather mm-hmm. did. So mm-hmm. she leaves his work shoes outside so it'll look like there's a man inside. Right. right? Smart, right? Not exactly yeah. a booby trap, but kind of. So um, around Christmas time, we went over to her house to visit. And she had put these dress forms at the end of the hallway down to her bedroom with um, white nightgowns on and hats, like where their heads should be. Um, is so, this, we've, we've, have we talked about these before yes. when we talked about sock grandma? Yes. So <laughs> I, I didn't even, I was going to the bathroom and I just turned around and I was like, grandma, what was these, the deal with these ghosts at the end of the hall? She's like, oh, that's to scare away burglars. And I was like, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. That, <laughs> so, yeah. Pantyhose grandma didn't even have a function. She just was terrifying. Every time we were like, grandma, she's terrifying. Grandma just laughed at us. Yeah. So And ignored the rest of the conversation. <laughs> at first, at first I wanted to be one of those dress forms because I think that would be scary. However, oh, last yeah. time I was there, like last weekend, um, I went to the bathroom again and she was like, oh, I'm cleaning out uh, the guest bedroom. Like I'm just doing some cleaning in there. So all the stuff is in the hallway. And I was like, okay. And I walked back there and there was only one chair in the hallway. And I was like, did you put that chair in the hallway so that a burglar would trip on it? And she was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. So I want to just be like a chair that gets in people's way. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. That actually makes you sound less like a demonic item and more like a character from, character from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. I like that. <laughs> but as we learned from this movie, demonic presences don't possess things mm-hmm. they possess people they manipulate yeah, the things to look like the things listen here possessed. warrens listen here warrens if i could possess things i would so much rather possess objects than people for sure i don't want Which any competition over where i'm in, living at yeah seems exhausting yeah People be always trying to exercise me and shit. No, I'm trying to lay down. I just want to chill. I don't want to exor- be exercised. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I would be a bed. We're all in there together. Did you think this movie was scary? No. No? So of course Rachel me... is fearless. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It took me two settings to get through it because I got kind of bored. Like, I realized I was tuning out the first time. Yeah. And I thought, okay, we'll just, like, pause it. Come back to it tomorrow. You have time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it follows, like, all of the the normal, like, mm-hmm. the millions mm-hmm. of different, like, horror elements that it's just, it's, it's right. every other right. horror movie. So, um... I did think that it felt like, 
someone saw the Amityville Horror like I did and was like, this movie is shitty. We can make this so much better. And then they were like, so, let's make it actually make sense. Like, that's well, how it's, it's all part this. of the same universe. It's what? It's part of the same cinematic universe yeah. now. Interesting. That call they get at the end of the movie about going to Long Island, mm-hmm. that's setting up Amityville. Oh, okay. Because like the Warren- and the Warrens did yeah, the Warrens, the Warrens did there. go to Amityville. Mm-hmm. The cool. real so the Warrens the Warrens are a real couple, and we're going to talk about them a little bit more later. But they yeah. are they are very real, and the events of this movie, according to the the Perrin family, um, who actually lived in the house, and they lived there for a decade, so it wasn't the kind of like rapid succession event right. that we see in this movie necessarily. It's been made more cinematic, but this is also like you it's know one of their. But the, the family and the Warrens both agree that this is very ac- that this is accurate to the events that transpired in the they house. Just, they just compressed it for the sake of yeah, as opposed yeah. to Amityville, which is now has now like been openly acknowledged to have been a hoax. Um, Wait, really? I, I didn't know I that. Watching. Yeah. Wow. Well, the original family annihilation is real, but yes. the ghosts the the, are the ghosts the family ghosts. that claimed to be haunted did fabricate. Right. Okay. So this By the way, listeners, we did do an episode on the Amityville Horror. If you're like, what, why aren't they talking about that? It's because we did. So you can check that out. Yeah, the original Amityville, not any of the the 4,000 new variations on it. We know some of them are very different. Some of them are better. Megan addresses that in that episode quite a bit. Um, So, yes, these are are real people who agree that this is pretty true to the events that transpired uh, on the premises. It took me two sittings to get through it, but I did. And then I, for the first time since we started doing the show, I like I had trouble sleeping through the night. I, I was fine going Woo! to sleep, and then when and then when I got up, I had trouble going back to sleep. Did you and wake I up at three o seven? No. I Good question. I always wake up at three a.m. Yeah, I, I don't believe I did, um, but I uh, I think it's in part because they're for sure of all the places I've ever lived in my life. It is almost guaranteed that multiple people have died in this house. Right. Because I live in a retirement community. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I think... Wait, really? Mm-hmm. My parents live in one of those towns where the entire town is a retirement community. Can I come? Yeah. Come visit me. Is it that spooky? Can I come hang out? It's not spooky at all, actually. It's really lovely. Um, I was going to say, it just sounds really clean and relaxed. and Everyone is... All those people died there? Well, yeah, because it's full of old people. Right. Yeah. So not and not one of them is a vengeful, vengeful spirit. Apparently, after all the things they've seen. Apparently not. There are five. Oh, there over. are five She's animals in this house. There are five animals in this house. If they we had vengeful in, spirits, so. <laughs> if we had yeah. if we had vengeful spirits, we would know by now. I think. No, that's the thing. So I think that might have been part of it. Um, also, I think I was a little twitchy. One of one of my parents' cats um, was sick, um, and like having very serious concerning symptoms so i think i was just a little bit it was it was a good confluence of events to give me that like ooh reaction um also because i've gotten you know puffed up on hubris i watched it in the dark alone in this house where people died by myself i've been also i've been alone in the house for like two and a half weeks oh, my so parents you have been on vacation shit like an astronaut I have, I have, my parents have been on vacation. I don't know anybody. I don't have anywhere to go. All my classes are online. So it's just been me and these five animals puttering around the house. So that you might be You know, Mary, all it. work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. 
That's exactly what oh, my screenplay looks like at this boy. point. That's exactly what my screenplay looks like at this point. Like <laughs> Jack Nicholson <laughs> wrote it after having worked with Kubrick for a few months. Oh dear. Oh no. We gotta go. We gotta so, yeah. go extract uh, her. We gotta go so get her out. Like, I didn't take in style. <laughs> you gotta you gotta misery me. Re- reverse misery me. <laughs> Reverse, mi- uh, yeah, reverse misery. I love all these Stephen King references, like bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> um, get them all out of our system. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't feel, I didn't have the experience while watching the movie that it was very right. scary. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, sure, sure. Um, but I did have all the, the circumstances come together nicely to give me a good little after spook, which was pleasant because I, you know, like I said, it's been a while. I know I've been watching everything so analytically right. that it's hard to... Like, get that really visceral reaction these days. And I kind of enjoyed that little bit of creep in the night that I had to, like, put on a friendly documentary to get past. <laughs> Actually, that's not what I did. Didn't I put on a documentary about, like, terrifying historical mysteries? Yes, I did. Yeah. And that's how I went to sleep peacefully for the rest of the night. God damn Excellent. it. Don't worry about what about, Rachel, you said it wasn't scary? It's not. I didn't think it was scary. And I think because of, like, the opposite reason that Mary's saying that, um, I'm the kind of person that that documentary you watch to lull yourself to sleep is the thing that terrifies me. The last time I watched something and it scared me was the new Zac Efron yeah. version of like the Ted Bundy. He did such because, a good like, job in that movie too. He's, He's so fantastic like, some, in that. To me, like something that's that seems very yeah. real, something that's like someone that you know and they look real and they look normal. Mm-hmm. That fucking terrifies me. That's why Hereditary to me was so good and so chilling. Mm. But to me, when I see like these crazy eye contacts in like some of these um, these creatures, characters, mm-hmm. what have you, um, to me it just it just looks like uh, something that's just not yeah. real. And so mm-hmm. it's not scary. Yeah. To We've me. talked about that a little bit too. That like I remember I was saying like when we did Us that that was much a much more upsetting premise to me because there's no avoiding it. As opposed to like the ritual where it's like, don't go into the forest. Right. <laughs> Just don't Easily go avoided. over there. Like, I was remember thinking like, how did they make another Jurassic Park? What? Just stop going over there. Just don't go over there and it's fine. <laughs> but You know, that's actually kind of why I liked Fallen World so much. Because I was like, ooh, oh, 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 you did a good job with that premise there, didn't you? Because, right, they finally left the dinosaurs alone on the island and were like, okay, just everyone leave it the fuck alone. Let them do their thing. And then the premise was not like, let's go ogle the monsters. But <laughs> if it, it really harkened back to the that central moral question of the original movie, right? Like, just because we can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean we, we should. should. And yeah. once we do, what's our responsibility? Like, what do we owe to the to the world for the choices we've made was then okay well there's going to be a volcano it will re-extinctify mm-hmm. all of these creatures that we only that only exist because we brought them into being so what do we do about it right i'm not saying the movie was like you know high high art or anything like that just that i appreciated that there was a, a whole ass premise to work with there that was fun yeah and then there was also a dinosaur that just like checked on a child while she was sleeping and left and I was like this is ridiculous I didn't see it I'm not gonna lie to y'all um I do want to say I kind of experienced some of what both of y'all are saying because I'm with Rachel when I was like oh well this is very much like the twists are exactly where they're supposed to be right. the character like the characters mirror each other it was a very tight 
screenplay and and well written and well executed but for that reason somewhat predictable to me but it was still good like it is a good movie i think but do you think the story benefits or hurts from the appearance of the experts so they were the more interesting couple to me like i just wanted to live in their house when they were giving that presentation i was like okay who didn't call me like who Mm. did not tell me hey this is something that you want to see but then yeah. it was like 30, 40 years ago, so whatever. But well, I would have the, my, um, sat my ass in that front row and been like, excuse me, yes, I have a lot of fucking questions. Well, there, yeah. You know the real Lorraine, she was... She's in the front row. She, Yeah. 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 The, the older lady in the front, front row is Lorraine Warren, yeah. she. Uh, no, I didn't a, know that. Yeah. What? That's amazing. Yeah. There, I, I, Looking at it, I'm, I'm very like deep into storytelling structure on film right now mm-hmm. um and it did strike me very immediately that i was like oh you are setting this up such that the story is ed and lorraine warren right. investigate paranormal activity not the parent family is haunted right um that's just Which i think that's because they're making more sequels right aren't they following them later yes so they're following okay. the warrens through through this or they have been i mean i think that's that's been ongoing Following the Warrens through this. Uh, well, I definitely their... was more interested in them than the. Yeah. The family. Yeah, I think that's a success of the. I think that's and a success. And th- that of the seemed filmmaker. intentional to me, but I was also like, okay. This felt to me a lot like Amityville Horror meets Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same um, tropes in there. Family story, mm-hmm. same number of family members, different genders, but. Um, Anyway, similar family structure. Then they call in the experts. But I thought Hill House was more interesting because the experts were like the caregivers of the house. And they were like, we got this shit figured out. Like, we come with the house type deal. Um, So the, I mean, and in that though as well, I thought the Dudleys were more interesting. So the the thing that to me was the scariest part of this, two things. Um, Number one, they keep finding hidden passages in their own fucking house and I was like why didn't your real estate agent tell you about this shit that seems like some really important stuff to know about and while we're building on secret passages one of them's full of shit that I have to clean up now what the fuck Get that's the real nightmare here. that's the real nightmare is that you bought the house you were like okay it's a fixer-upper and then you find a basement and you're like there's a motherfucking piano down here. Jesus fucking Christ. Did you build the house around it? How the fuck am I supposed to get this up uh, from the cellar? Uh, Pissing me off. Anyway, so I remember them going down there and then the dad being like, it's full of spiders. And me being like, that's worse than whatever is actually there. Because he's lying. Obviously. But spiders is scarier to me. Okay, so that was one of the things that pissed me off that would have made me be like, fuck you, fuck everything fuck everyone mm-hmm. um however send this house on fire for the insurance money for real right um but the frame story was scarier to me like the story about annabelle and when they go to talk to those i guess they're roommates the girls roommates are mm-hmm. girlfriends or something in the 60s and they're recording it and the girls are like oh we we told her she could come live with us because we felt bad for her we knew that she was like seven-year-old girl who you know died tragically in this apartment and they're like well you just invited a demon in your house this is why mary Kay does not fuck with the occult because you don't know what you don't know 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, I know that there is a movie called Annabelle that I'm scared to watch. And I also remember writing down this went very quickly from being ir- about Mary's irrational fear, which is dolls, to mm-hmm. mine, which is demons and evil kids. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. Very nice. Very nice. Or just children in nice general. But then we redirected I, and then we got off of that train. So. The, uh, but that frame story, like that you mentioned with those girls, the nurses. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're going to talk about tropes a little bit later, but the tie between like their sort of innocence. So they tell that story and then they go directly into the um, the um, the family right. moving into the house. And the first thing you hear is like that that stereotypical track that you hear in scary movies of like the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always that, that there's both, that's like both things are setting this the movie forward in the frame. It's these, the innocence of like the, the nurses. Oh, we were just trying to help. Cause like one of them even had a Southern accent. Like, yeah, she's dumb and innocent right. setting it forward. And then like in the current like world that we're working in, like the current stories, like these these kids that are setting the the story forward there. Yeah, I also think that the haircuts on the two girls are awesome, and everybody else's sucks. <laughs> Just for the record, like they have like the Betty Page bangs with the big bouffant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My hair's too fine to do that. It pisses me off every time I try. I don't have enough hair to do anything really good. It holds styles well. Like if you if you mm-hmm. if you fix it, it'll stay. But it's uh. It doesn't. I don't have very it, much. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, and someone else. Someone else has got to do it. I have curly hair, man. I try to stay out of its way as much as possible. I'm just trying to keep it fucking healthy, my dude. Like I'm just trying to keep it really well conditioned. Let it do whatever it's gonna do. Protective styling time to time to make sure if I notice a lot of breakage lately, and uh, you know, satin pillowcases all day. That's. I'm just trying to not mangle it. I'm just trying to so. have my biggest Dolly Parton hair. That's what yeah. I want what i want but what i am willing to do day to day no in terms of actual damage to it is very different yeah um you gotta stop you gotta stay away from sulfates and those parabens no sulfates for me no sulfates no silicones because i don't use sulfates blah 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 i could go on like about this for like two hours easily guys no you don't want to get me started we'll link to it in the show notes i'll I'll send you my full product regimen in the show notes if we agree but this movie is like not in and of itself, the scariest thing we've ever seen. What is scary about it? Because we are each saying, like, well, the movie wasn't that scary. But there was this thing about it that I found, like, upsetting or concerning or that stuck with me. So it had all the trappings of good horror. Like, it has all the things that are scary in themselves. Like, uh, mysterious bruises, sleepwalking, um, evil kids. Um, That just sounds like my day-to-day life for a long time. But that still would freak me out forever. Like, sleep, mm-mm, no pass. Um, but I, sleepwalking, yeah. I, it's very unnerving to me. The scariest part to me was that museum in their house. Right? And its what existence the and then everything in it was scary. Also, can we talk about why when the shit was going down at the not Amityville house that is kind of, um, where's Annabelle at? Because she She's goes missing. Museum. No, she goes She's... missing because Judy goes down there and she says Annabelle mm-hmm. wasn't in her case. No, I think that's probably just setting up the next Annabelle movie. I don't really know. I haven't seen the Annabelle movies. Oh. Listeners, if you know why the fuck Annabelle was running around wild, please let us know. 
We appreciate all the spoilers we can get here because clearly we are not capable of possessed dolls. So. Maybe she had to go to Spooky Rave. Maybe she has some spooky friends to meet up with. That's a spooky gal. Sneaking, sneaking out to meet up with like spooky Robert Rave. and the other possess- all the other possessed dolls. Maybe she wanted to go to like she some has, metal like, concert and get her head begging on. Look, she's got a covert relationship. That that doll Robert is the one that really scares me. Fuck oh, that, Robert. Robert is terrifying. Robert? So she actually has like been dating Robert secretly. Who's Robert? Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful Robert. Story. Oh, don't worry. I made sure to have this tab queued up because I felt sure he would come up. Robert was this doll owned by... Um, his name was Robert Otto, and then he called his own doll Robert because what the fuck, man? Vanity. Well, he's a child also. I think that's pretty common for children to Did do Did you that, name actually. your doll Mary? No, I kept naming her things. I kept changing. I had this little black baby doll. That was the only one I ever bothered to name. She was so sweet. She smelled like peaches. And I kept naming her things like Tiffany and Heather because I was born in 1986. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you named your baby doll if you were three years old in 1989. So When um, I was three years old, I had mm-hmm. a baby doll who used to have curls. And because I didn't groom them, it turned into dreadlocks. And I named her Brittany. Because really? Because my friend's name was Brittany. And I wanted to name it after my friend. But my friend was like, you're going to name your doll after me. And I was like, no, the fuck I'm not. Her name is Brittany. And even... My dad, like, maybe, like, last the... month was like, whatever happened to your doll, Blitney? <laughs> I was like... Just to be clear, it's amazing that your your parents did not perform a citizen's arrest on you for, like, doll endangerment, for naming it Blitney and letting it grow locks accidentally. They <laughs> like, were very neglect. accidentally dreads. They were rough. That is baby Dreads doll are supposed neglect. to be soft. Like... That is baby doll neglect. Also, my cat... <laughs> Got an accidental dreadlock recently because he had a little bit like of ear irritation, so he wasn't turning his head well. Like so, he like was you know kind of neglecting one side of his body and his grooming. Ew. And I found it. Well, he was he was hurt. I'm like healed. He's fine now. But I went to I went to comb it out with his little Ferminator. And as I was doing it, I was like, I cannot believe Mary Kay fucking slept with a dude who did this shit to his own fucking skull. Oh my god, this is on my cat, and I am so angry and disgusted by him. And the cat is looking up at me like. I was bleeding. It hurt. Mary, okay, Don't number one, that was years ago. Number two, you wouldn't have known they were accidentally dreadlocks unless he told you, which for some reason he told everyone. Like, have, also, have some also, shame, motherfucker. Also, also, that, like, he had a bit of a platypus tail situation at the center of the business. So, yeah, I feel like I would have known. Look, I get it. He was fine as hell. He was at the time. He was. I'm sure he still is. I mean, what could have happened no, no, to him? I haven't kept up with him. No idea. And just assume no that idea. everybody goes downhill once they stop dating me. So That's far, good. the score is the score's like good. 100% from what I've checked up on. Yeah. Okay. I try to avoid the checking up on because... Me too, but sometimes, you know, you just get drunk and go down that wormhole of like... So, Mary Kay... Doing now? So, so, for those... I'm sure... All the listeners know that you just had your birthday. <laughs> I'm sure they know this. However, I know you just had your birthday, but I swear to God, you're a fucking Scorpio. Like <laughs> your friend. No, I just you keep wanted you Scorpios. wanted to name your doll after your friend, but then when she like called you out on it, you're like, hell, no way. Now it's gonna be Blitney. <laughs> now First I'm just all, gonna give it a name that's, that's so disturbing. Everyone thinks I'm deranged. That's classic Scorpio. Um, but I'm a Leo. 
No, Isn't bitch, you're a Scorpio. Like, your parents must have no. lied on that birth certificate. And you then, have, like, you have some, <laughs> like, to go and look up on all of your um, are... exes to make sure that it's, like, all downhill from there. <laughs> That's classic Scorpio. Listen, I don't solid. do it on purpose. I just, when I have in the past checked up, I've been like, hmm. Uh, yeah, I like to take a more solid Sagittarius approach of just being like, no, I'm just, if, if information comes to me, that's fine, but I am, I'm You're never going on that person's, and I, and I don't even necessarily block people, I just, like, I'm never going on their page again, I'm not, like, looking at their shit, like, I just, every time that I want to and that I don't, I feel my strength grow, I feel my power grow. I mean, you're not wrong, I just can't not know stuff. Right. I guess yeah. I'm just a Scorpio, so I'm projecting because we always think about ourselves more than anything else. So I'm I'm projecting. Everybody has to do that shit. Ain't nobody else gonna put you first mm-hmm. before them mm-hmm. all their own self. Mary Kane sure knows how to gas people up. The doll Robert supposedly would move around the house mm-hmm. um, uh, unoperated. Uh. Um, he made noises. Robert, the the the, the man who owned him as a, as a child, insisted that Robert like. They communicated. Obviously, no one else has heard Robert the doll talk. That the doll seemed to have like a weird connection to the man, and when the man like left and went to art school and like got married and stuff, like the, the doll just kept like trying to like weasel its way back into his life and sabotage him. Hypothetically, like this is the, this is the premise. Um, in fact, they tried things like boxing him up or boarding him up or putting him in the attic, and he would keep rematerializing in places he couldn't have been. But according to like you know local mythology around the doll he's caused like car accidents and job loss and divorce like he she just like curses like he just sabotages everything he touches this was like if woody on toy story was like really vengeful this is who chucky's based on oh okay mm-hmm. so like he's displayed at a museum now i believe um like but the warren's house no i don't think he's at the warren's house he's in he's in key west florida yeah, but it's like the um, same kind of like Florida. display as the Warren's house. Like, there's like a sign that's like, do not. Yeah, don't like be mean to him. Like, basically. it's it's not a joke. Yeah, well, supposedly all these people that still are experiencing misfortunes related to Robert, it's because they're disrespectful to him when they visit the museum. Right, because the same thing happened to um, the Annabelle doll. Someone was like, right, being um, nasty and rude to it, and then. Something happened. Like making fun of it or and whatever. And then he got like into like a car wreck or pictures something. With it, yeah. yeah. So, so I need y'all to read this short story that I read this week. It's called okay. The Rabbit, and it's a retelling of <coughs> The Velveteen Rabbit. And that shit is so fucking scary, dude. It is so good. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Also, The Velveteen Rabbit is kind of scary. Yeah, because he's trying to become real, right? Yeah, and the only way to become real is to basically be destroyed. Well, it's different in this story. <laughs> well, in the Velveteen Rabbit, though, isn't that it? Like, the more you're loved, like, so, like, as I all of his so, velvetiness yeah. rubs off and he becomes hideous and, like, loses his eyes. And, it, like, yeah. the uglier he gets and, like, more destroyed he becomes and mangled he becomes, the more likely he is to become real. Yeah, y'all gotta read this shit. It's good. So we don't like possession and dolls. We mm-hmm. don't like the um, sort of loss of control you were mentioning like like with sleepwalking and the mysterious brute like that mm-hmm. that like i don't know i don't know what's happening even right um i felt like there was a bit of home invasion element there you know yeah. that like there's something in your space that you yeah. can't 
like multiple ghosts yeah. who were haunted by the same demon. That's scary. Right, yeah, the same demon is using multiple kind of like vessels through time to, to torment them. Yeah, it was a cool sort of generational horror story too. Right. Mm-hmm. But even like that, that invasion, like even if, if you're somebody who doesn't believe, like let's say you don't believe in ghosts or, or there's just the very fact of something encroaching on such a, like a safe space. Mm-hmm. Cause like my mm-hmm. dad, there was like this ancient, and when I say ancient, I mean like ancient, they used to make these horrifying Santa Claus, like dolls. And I wish I could show you a picture. I'll find, because like you can find them on antique shops and I'll try to show you a link to it. They're horrifying. And my grandmother, his mother had one that like was like bequeathed to him and he loved it. And he, but we kept it in the basement, but he knew I was scared of it. So one year he kept putting it in places in my room. And I knew. Sounds like something my dad. And like, even though like I knew it's not the doll, it scared me so much that like, it's this safe place that my parents like don't typically go in. You know, like when you're a teenager, like they'll come get your laundry or whatever. But I had like a bathroom in my bedroom. (laughs) Your parents and one time I was in my bedroom and I go into my bathroom, I turn on the light, and there it is, like in my bathroom. It's just like this in like (laughs) you know, it was just like it was so horrifying and it scared me to my core. It's just this I knew the doll wasn't doing it, but it's still like even though it was just my dad and his prank, there was still something so chilling about like finding something you don't expect in your Mm. your safe place. Yeah, like right. anytime I would scroll past that Momo doll. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck <laughs> that <laughs> Momo <laughs> doll on your Facebook feed. That shit was awful. I had to go off Facebook for a while. Awful. That was awful. And the worst part about Momo was that that was like a piece of art, like a Japanese artist. Like he had like really cool spooky art. Like I'd seen it before, but because of like the narrative of what was happening, it's like every time it showed up on your Facebook feed, like when people shared the stupid zip popping viral videos i had to go off facebook like i can't deal with this i wanted to know the story without seeing the pictures same and i read today that he destroyed that piece he did and that they're making a movie out of it yeah oh they're making a movie that's what i heard oh yeah that's what i heard it could be wrong i found it on twitter so it's kind of you know could be but that when he like made that post about like momo's gone for good or something like that like inspired my hope for humanity what a man. Well, because he it, they were using his art right. for to scare children right. and people. Yeah. I mean, not that children aren't people, but like adults as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so another thing that was scary to me about this movie is how um in the beginning the Warren set up the concept that um demons will go for the weakest uh like basically weakest constitution. Or, like, the one that's the most vulnerable. And it's the mom, like, time after time. Because she's so, like, she would do anything for her children. Like, Mm -hmm. that's with um, Bathsheba in the beginning. Um, Like, the witch that hangs herself and sacrifices Mm -hmm. her baby. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I feel like that was a little bit of a different situation. And then you have the nanny maid. Yeah. The real, there is a real Bathsheba, uh, what's her last name? Sherman? I can't remember. Something like that, yeah. Sharon. Who, 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 she died of old age and was exonerated in court. Like she. Yeah, she was accused of being a witch and was not. 
Yeah, apparently they, like, think that they found, like, a picture of her, too. Like, randomly, like, with, like, a surgical mask walking around the farm. But, yeah, so this was a real person who um, did not, whose life did not pan out the way it is presented to have panned out in the movie. That's (laughs) one of the cinematizations. Um, So she didn't hang herself from the tree. She died of old age. It's it strikes me time and again that that is that that scene is like a point of vulnerability or used as a point of vulnerability, and to me it's like like motherhood is a vulnerable thing. Yeah, like that. This should be the last person you fuck with. with. Yeah, this should be the last person you come for. Right. Try me, bitch. That's what I feel like. But um, yeah. But also, it is um, interesting that the demon wants children. Like wants to kill and sacrifice children, it's mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of um, La Llorona, like the original. Right. You guys know this folk story? Mm-mm, no. I'm gonna get some of the details wrong. They just made a movie about it, which I didn't get to see yet, but um, hopefully it'll come out soon. Anyway, um, I think the story goes that there was a woman who, I mean, you'd have to be kind of unhinged to do this, but she drowned all of her children, and then she drowned herself. And because she was upset with herself, she haunts the earth and tries to drown other people's children. Right. So if you see her, she's crying. She's the weeping ghost, and she tries to drown kids. Um, it's essentially like a boogeyman story, and I believe it's Mexican in origin, right? Um, but it reminds me of that because, I mean, even the other kid who's a ghost is trying to be like, come with me. This is where I hide when I'm scared. Right. Right. And I think that so, also, like, going after children also makes them, the like, the best, like, uh, how do you say? Like, um... Like, host? Yeah, like, the best, um, pawns, like, to get, to get others. Like, and every, people, like, trust children because yeah. they're supposed to be so innocent that there's, that's what makes them so deceiving. Same way, like, the wa- same reason why that's people true. use them in warfare and... And kids are chaotic neutral. I stand by that. All children are Oh, children. yeah. You gotta teach them to be good. They're, or bad. Yeah, they're crazy. They act in self interest until they're seven years old. I mean, they're just and like the. At, after that. They're just at their most human, which is terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I'm so afraid of children. I'm more afraid of children than I am <laughs> any kind of anything. <laughs> well, they're also always sick. Just like mildly. Like yeah, their nose is like always. They're, yeah, their faces running. are always yeah. oozing with something. <laughs> Which is also, like, why, like, when, uh, it, when we were talking about possession and why, like, sometimes possession can be so scary is that because it's, even being around people who don't have self-control, like, being in, like, an insane asylum is scary because these are people who don't have the ability to control themselves. Same thing with children. They have, like, no ability to control themselves, and that's terrifying. What about this, uh, these animals and how they feature into, uh, the scariness of the movie. Right. So in a lot of movies that I see is that they, it kind of gives you idea that like, so with the dog, the dog gets scared, Mm -hmm. won't go in the house. And then it appears to be dead, which is tragic to a family because you know, it's their beloved dog, but it's also telling you like it happened to the dog and y'all are next. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think like in hereditary, wasn't there like a, wasn't there a bird in the movie that like hit the house? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I always find that yep. hit the window. I always find that to be like kind of a tragic trope. Is because they're they're trying to draw a line to make you think of like 
this is gonna happen to you too but instead it's gonna it's gonna happen to like a helpless animal like an innocent animal um Mm -hmm. which can be even more terrifying at times because they don't have the kind of um sense as we do with logic you know in this circumstance it sucks because the dog is not just innocent but like warning them right yeah it won't go in the house and instead of them being like something's wrong with the house right fuck the dog and left (laughs) it tied up somewhere that it was like alone and unsupervised and unsafe it's like okay my dudes like right i just always find it very i always hate seeing that in horror films that there's always like a dead dog like a beloved dog i know like in secret garden or secret window with um Johnny Depp, that Stephen King short story. Wow, spoilers. I'm just kidding. I'm and there was the that. dog. And it was like, why do you have to kill the fucking dog? Why does there always have to be a dead dog in these horror films? I don't know. When I do it, there's going to be a dead elephant. No. Oh, my God. Would you be, wouldn't you be surprised? Wouldn't yeah, that like, would be Whoa. surprising. <laughs> it would be different. If the family had a dog, but when they get up in the morning, the dog is fine. And there's just a dead elephant mm-hmm. in the yard. Would you not be astonished? Um, so let's talk about the um, folks in this movie. As far as I'm concerned, there are three characters. Okay. You've got Zaddy Wilson. What is this? Okay. What is that? You mean? guys have been texting me whenever Patrick Wilson comes up, and there's like this Zaddy. What is the Z? That's it's Daddy, but Zaddy. But why? Yeah, the, but why? Why the Z? What does that mean? I mean, nothing. It means daddy. Okay, well, I'm down for it either way because, damn, he is daddy in all of the right <laughs> ways. And see, instead of just saying it that emphatically, if you say zaddy, then I know he's on that next level. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? It. Like, it's like daddy, but like zaddy. Um, and then uh, there's Bambi the empath. Mm-hmm. Who just, you know, wanders homes with her eyes very wide. And um, a witch... And then everyone else. Yeah. Is the fourth character. Like, none of those children have any differentiation to me. Mm-mm. Even the I parents, we were they're like. something interesting when the eldest one was flirting with, like, the video tech. Oh. Uh-huh. But yeah. we, there's nothing there. She was just like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> that was so great. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, cool. I like these actors. Um, let's see what these parents do. And then they were just like parents yeah they were just like conduits um but that's why i thought like the the um the warrens were it's their story right because we know they're going to come in and try to save the day but there's a moment when um the reporter i think he's a reporter comes into the museum house and he's like aren't you scared isn't this scary to you um, what about what happened to your wife? And Ed goes, well, what happened to my wife was different. That was during an exorcism. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? I need to know about that immediately. And then they didn't tell me about it until the end. Right. And he's like, well, I don't know what she saw, and I'm not going to ask. And I was like, motherfucker, ask for my sake. Like, Well, I think wait, part of the reason he's saying he doesn't know and he's not going to ask is that it's in a whole different movie that they want you to go watch. I know. Exactly. But I think what also could have been, like, a cool angle they could have done was that, like, you know, for religious folks, it's like, well, that's the, that's the devil's work, and I don't, I don't preach the devil's work. Because I, I knew a guy who did that. Like, he went off and did, like, these exorcisms, and he would never tell what happened because he would say, well I, well, I don't preach the devil's work. Right. It's, like, sensationalizing. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. 
I hear that. And um, I respect that. And I also feel like if you're doing it for entertainment value, I understand why you wouldn't want to say it. But I also have anxiety about that type of stuff. So for my sake, it wouldn't. It would be entertaining, but it would also be like a peace of mind sort of thing. Like I read that book the right mm. in record time because I could not know stuff. Right. That makes right. Sense. So yeah, there was a, a certain. I understand that this is a movie in a in a with like a larger contained world, and these characters exist within that larger contained world, and that they are experts and all. But since this was my first exposure to the fictional warrants i was like i guess you're supposed to be experts but my dudes some of this behavior just seems reckless yes inviting this shit into your space you're inviting it into your head into your world like lorraine warren is like "Mm, smells like evil let me go stand there for a while and see what happens like Um, where where did you see the demon child Cool, I'll just play with that music box for a while then until I see it too. And the fact and that like, he oh was like, God. oh, I've never done an exorcism. I, you know, I guess this is what I'm just going to have to do now. Fun fact, that's though. That's how they Ed, go wrong. That's how people, like, that's how innocent people die. The, re- the real Ed Warren is one of the, I think he might be the only person the Vatican has ever recognized to have performed a legitimate exorcism, even though he's not clergy. Yeah. Right. They said that in the movie, too. But that yeah. he was like the um, only one that's never been like part of the Catholic Church, which like I'm not right. gonna go on like my whole conspiracy so, theory about why it's only the Catholic Church like that's involved like with who that believes and deals with demonology and all that. But I did find that very interesting about him. Well, you know, so my dad is a is a Lutheran reverend, um, which is as close as you get to Catholic without without being Catholic. Yeah, well, 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 without actually believing that you eat the flesh of another human being once a week. Right. Um, so uh, my dad can bless things. Like, he can sanctify something. He can, you know, speak his words over. A, I've told the story on the podcast before about my, my mother's mother is, like, obsessed with my dad, loves him, thinks he's the best thing that ever happened to the family, buys him a single red sweater every Christmas. It's a strange choice on her part. He is a white man. I don't know why she thinks that, like, red is his color. He's already kind of ruddy, but whatever. Um, she thinks it looks nice on him. Um, so when we went to turn it out when I was 18, like, laying flat on the bed, just sweating, journaling, because I had a lot of feelings. I was 18. And my dad steps into the doorway with a bottle of water. He sprinkles some into his hand and then flicks it into the room and starts to walk out. I was like... What are you doing? Oh, God. And he, was like, and he was like, your grandmother asked me to bless the house. I just kept walking. <laughs> with his bottle of Deer Park or whatever the fuck it was, you know? Um, which is crazy, because he can. You know, like, he can sanctify the water. Like, he's not doing something that's outside of his own religious tradition. It's just that my grandmother was raised Catholic, so, like, what she's expecting this to be, like, he knows, and he has told her, like, I can't. Right. It's not the same. It's not exactly the same thing. Like, I can bless the room, but I don't believe that there are entities in that room that even need driving out, let alone that I can do that. Right. I have a really cool And she's just like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Just do what you can. Just do what you can do. You know, you know, you know, and I remember once I stayed up 
I must have been in college because if my parents weren't making me go to bed at some time, I stayed up all night. There was like a marathon on discovery or history or something with like actual footage of exorcisms. Oh my gosh. I don't think I could watch that. I can't wa- I can't listen to 911 calls and I can't watch it was astonishing of crimes and stuff. And I asked my dad the next day, like, I know like we don't believe in like demons specifically, right? Like, yes, there is like a Satan and he operates. It operates. It's probably a more fair way to describe the entity that is Satan. But do you like what about possession? Like these videos were crazy. And he's he was like, I clearly believe in things that can't be explained or seen. And that was all he had to say about it. Like he wouldn't get any more specific. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Ew, no. See, that's so, like the big difference. If you are parent, oh, sorry, Rachel, go ahead. That's the big difference between like Catholics, Lutherans, and then like living in like where there was like independent Baptists. It's like, oh, you look different today. Let me try to exercise you. And I have absolutely Whoa. no training or no reference or understanding of what it means that's dangerous yeah yeah that's what happened like in our high school i graduated by high school of like my graduating class was 13 and my brother was like yeah he tried to exercise a kid today again again what he's like well you know they try to like get they try to get everybody out he's like well my brother was like well you know me i'm like this bad kid so i want to know i'm like sneaking around like the staircase right i'm like what's going on and there he is like with his hand on his forehead like screaming and hollering and not making any sense. Like, not, the, the person the doing like, the supposed do multiple... exorcism not making any sense. Not the kid. Right. If you've had to do multiple exorcisms, like, do you think you live in Springdale in 1997? Like, do you think this is an episode of Buffy? Right. Why do you think you've had to do multiple exorcisms in your one Because I think, like, why are, that, the demons, like independent... why are the demons so into you guys? Why would they be? Hell, when I watch a TV so show where the entire the premise ritual. is that the demons are into us, I'm like, what? But, but why are the demons so into us? So if you are paranoid about being possessed by a demon like I am, and I know that that sounds funny, but it's actually like a very real fear of mine. Um, listening to that really helped me out a lot. Listening like it was to very what? clinical. Listening to the right. Like I listened to it on audio. Oh, 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 oh. Reading that, listening to it. Yeah. Um, it helped me out a lot because it helped me understand what was happening. Um, so... I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it's nonfiction. It's very, like, matter-of-fact. Um, so if you're interested in it. And it also talks about how um, many people who are not, like, authorized to perform exorcisms do it with good intentions, but that's how people die. Because you you don't want to kill the person. Exactly. Like, you want to help right. them. The, the one that he references in that book in particular is... Uh, it's a really famous case. It's the one that Emily Rose was based on, I think, like the entertainment yeah. version. That's a real story about a girl who was right. essentially exercised to death, which is not cool and not okay, and it was by someone who didn't know what they were doing. So, I don't know. It's very scary to me, but that book helped me kind of work through some thoughts about it. So, funny story, though. My mom has recently gotten into astrology. She loves watching YouTube videos about astrology, and she asked me to buy her some sage when you know, in Atlanta because you can get it here more easily than in the suburbs. So I went to Whole Foods, and I bought her some sage because she asked me to, and then I went to her house, and I gave it to her, and she was like, oh, yay, good. And then I went back. I just got back today just to visit, and 
I woke up the first night after staying there, and she was like, you shouldn't have had no bad dreams last night. I smudged the shit out of this house. I had every single window open. You shouldn't have had no bad dreams. And I was like, I didn't. I didn't have any dreams that I can remember. But she was like, well, you shouldn't have had any bad dreams because I burnt that sage up. And I was like, good. I'm glad. She's been asking me for a couple weeks to get her that sage. She wants to purge every all the bad. She's like, I need to purge these men out of my house. And I was like, all right. I mean, whatever makes you feel better. She should come to Salem. They have them like at every street corner, like in different bushels and sages. Yes, so many different ones. Like they have so much in Salem. They're like drowning in sage because it's all like these witch shops. I just got it at Whole Foods. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but it made her feel better, and that's what my goal was. Anyway, I thought y'all would think that was funny. I like it. I like it. My mom is funny. Burn it. It's like, fuck washing them out of my hair. I'm going to mm-hmm. burn these fuckers exactly. out of my house. That's exactly how she said it. I smudged the shit out of this house. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I smoked it up. And I was like, very good. Okay, so speaking of houses, we've been talking a little bit about, like, some of the tropes that are cropping up in this. Yeah. And one of them is, like, big spooky house. Like, you see a family of nine trillion drive up to a gigantic ramshackle fixer-upper Victorian colonial whatever the fuck you know and you're like oh cool everyone will die um right am i am i crazy no that's pretty much how it goes before we got on the line i was talking about how my i, I mentioned during the icebreaker oh my grandmother had this so my grandmother had this farm that uh did have secret passages I they weren't super though. secret they weren't they, they weren't like totally like they, they were the kind of thing that would have been like open secret to the household when they would have been in use um, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like easily concealed, like not very obvious doors, but not like. Not hidden. Though. Not not necessarily. Not gotcha. Completely. Yeah. Um, it was more so like to allow quick passage into the kitchen for uh, for people who worked. Right. In the kitchen, basically. Yeah. Um, which is. And then you board it up and use it for storage when you no longer employ maids. Mm-hmm. That's what most people do. Right. Not that anyone would even have had maids then, just that like your help would have lived all in the same you know, like, that, that, like, if you had someone who, like, ran the kitchen. Like, she still had this huge wood stove in there. Um, she That's collected dope. antiques. Yeah, so she was born in 1916. So she was, you know, quite an old person um, quite some time ago. She 1916? Uh, 16. Oh, okay. I heard it is 1960, and I was like, not old, girl. Not that old. Not at all. <laughs> no, no. That's okay. since my mother was born. Right, uh, yeah. Um so, yeah, so I had one grandmother who was born in 1916 and one who was born in 1941. Mm-hmm. So, Big my family's all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, um, my, uh, my, so my dad's mom, she had this farm. Um, when she and my grandfather bought it after he retired from the Navy and they went to settle down there, it was a town over from where he'd grown up in Marion with parents who did not speak English. Um, she painted murals. So, like, in the sitting room, like, the parlor, there's this beautiful mural of what the farm looked like when they moved in. She had done this old, like, Scandinavian-style kind of, like, decoupage on the ceiling. Like, midsummer? Mm-mm. No. no. She had painted... No. <laughs> she had painted all the cabinets in that, like, Swedish style. Um, she, uh, and she collected antiques. She used to run an antique store out of the pig barn. 
Oh my but gosh. in the house, like she played piano and organ. So she had two organs, an electric organ that was relatively contemporary and still pretty playable. And then an old like pump. Oh my God. Pump organ. Um, she had a player piano that I believe is actually in a museum. I think it was bought by a museum. Um, and we would put the rolls on as kids and like, you know, play them as fast as we could. So I can still hear harbor lights at like chipmunk speed in my mind if I think about it for a second. Um, so she did all this incredible stuff. So as kids, we thought the house was the coolest place we'd ever seen. Right. And then we all started bringing like friends or family or significant others there and everyone else found it to be the most terrifying place <laughs> they'd ever seen. So when you walked, everyone always came in the back door instead of the front door. And when you came in the back door, that whole back hallway, like part led down to the basement, then part led into the house. And she had wallpapered it with newspapers from Clintonville, from that town in like the first half of the 20th century. Oh, so, Lord. so there's one that was like, Clintonville fire rages. And it was like right at eye level when you walked up in the house. And it was like, oh, no. <laughs> but it was all shit like that. Like, yes, in hindsight, the fact that she had an antique dentist's chair in her breakfast nook. <laughs> That's some shit like I'm going to do. Is probably upsetting. But uh, we got a lot of had, stuff happening in this episode of our podcast for it to be not a thing in the movie at all. <laughs> I don't know how we did it, but I just thought you guys might like to hear about the creepy ass farm. I don't, you know, what's nice is that I don't think it's haunted at all. You know, my grandfather died in his sleep, but he had a lovely life, and yeah, you know, his, his family did well. Like, we never felt like he was there. And I don't think she's there. Like that, that house, you know, somebody bought it and they've gutted it. My, my folks stopped by and like took pictures of like, just like the frame, basically. You ever as a kid like, sad. found like an abandoned house that you and your friends would go in? Mm-hmm. No, because I don't fuck with that shit. Are you kidding me? Well, Ooh, let's go in this place that's probably going to ruin my life. Yeah, definitely. Let's do that. <laughs> well, my brother and his friends in our, like not far from our neighborhood, they found this old like house that was abandoned and it there was like a lot of damage to it from a fire a long time ago so like the upstairs it was very very dangerous to walk upstairs because the stairs would Mm -hmm. the crump they would crumble yeah it was condemned yeah and everything about it was like it was soot everywhere and we because my brother showed me and then because my brother was older i showed my friends who were younger and um so we thought it was super cool, and we tr- and like we would explore it and everything. But out of my friends, one of them brought his younger brother, and then in turn, mm-hmm. he brought his even younger friends. So then, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just a couple weeks later. I went back, and there was like they were trying to make it look very scary they even took like a doll and like put like a shoestring around its neck and hung it from the ceiling to make it look like oh this doll you know try to try to make it look creepy and then the most gut you ain't gotta do all that it's already scary <laughs> right it was just like the immature whatever and then i'll never forget it i'll ne- this haunts me to this day i remember i was walking by i wasn't going to the house i was just walking by and I saw the old residents of the house. They were getting out of their car and there was an old lady. I guess like she used to own the house and she was going up in it after this domino effect of us fucking kids like 
sabotage, like not sabotaging, but making a like a making it a, a shitty situation extremely shittier. So that's <laughs> that's like one of the things that haunts me to this day. Fun fact. Hmm. Oh my but, God. like, back to that idea of, like, home invasion. It's just, like, it's, like, something that could be really sacred to you. And going back and visiting, yeah. it's, like, all these, like, all these punk fucking kids <laughs> hanging my, my childhood doll from the rafters. Right. Yeah. And, like, even the stuff that is, like, visibly scary, if it's yours, it's different. Like, I remember one summer there were tornadoes. So my grandmother, so I have, I have a cousin who's six months older and a cousin who's six months younger than me. And, um... So we spent a lot of time together when I was in Wisconsin growing up and there were tornadoes. We went down to the basement and as much as we loved the rest of the house, that was terrifying to everyone else. The basement was scary even to us, but we went down there and grandma knew it was going to be scary and there'd be some spiders and cobwebs and shit. So she brought a, a few lamps and she brought like really like, she put like treats, you know, like Oreos and stuff and, and and cards and we ended up having like a really fun time hiding in the basement from tornadoes so even this scary place like i remember going down there with some of the younger grandkids or great grandkids one time to get something we were looking for a sled or something that we realized wasn't in the barns it was down there and they were really upset i was like oh no like we sat right over here can you believe like grandma sat on the floor with her legs crossed like crisscross applesauce and they were like she can do that which is amazing because when I was born, she was 70. So she was, you know, 80 years old and sitting on the floor with those crisscross applesauce playing Uno really aggressively. Um, yeah, she stayed very healthy for a very long time. So uh, so it was kind of this nice like generational thing to be like, yeah, the place looks kind of scary, but imagine imagine having fun. And to demystify it was really lovely. So I watched this movie and think like, Oh man, like I can, I can kind of get the whole moving into the scary house thing, especially if you're like trying to get your kids on board. What I do not understand is moving the scary house into your own basement. Yeah, because this he even says like if you leave, it's not going to leave you. Yeah, it's not like they, it's not their home and their stuff and their family. It's not their history. It's not their. He says at one point, it's like better to leave the genie in the bottle mm-hmm. he's like it's like keeping guns off the street but when you have a kid nope you like you can put your so own life control. at risk but she's crawling around in there trying to experiment and shit no protect doesn't Judy. he tell her not to go in there though yeah but she's still she's already in there when he says that it's not the first also, time she's he a, said it also she is a human child Right, that's what I'm saying. Lock that shit like, up. Damn. The odds Move of her it going somewhere in there else. Are... It needs to be on a yes. different location. Go rent a storage unit like right. Buffalo Bill. Right. Oh, yes. Also, the 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 likelihood of her ever fully taking seriously how dangerous that place is. Yeah. When all no. she sees is this sanitized end of it where you store everything right. in the basement and it's fine. You guys seem fine. But she's not going on all the fucking exorcisms with you. Right. She doesn't see how scary it is. She's that much more likely to, to not take it seriously. Right, exactly. Or rather, probably worse. Her friends may not take it seriously. They may think her parents are a joke and she doesn't. But she may think that she has some kind of understanding or ability that she doesn't have because she hasn't had the opportunity to learn or practice or right. develop it. So she feels comfortable with that kind of proximity to evil. 
Whoa. Yeah, she even gives that locket. The locket follows her back. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool storytelling device because when it gets caught on Lorraine's neck in the basement, yeah. I was like, that has a picture of Judy in it. Like, I was like, I was in it in that mm. moment. Mm-hmm. I'm always worried about the, the kids. The jump scares were good. They were. I did feel there were a number of moments where I went, ooh. Um, I also felt like all of them were great actors. What's the name of the Sorry. actress that plays Lorraine? What's her name again? Vera Farmiga. You have you ever seen her in Bates Motel? I haven't. Oh my god! So I every time I see her, I think of, I think of her, and it just makes it sometimes like a little, just like a little bit more chilling for me because she's so like good. She's such a good person in this movie that like when I think of the character from Bates Motel, I'm like, yes, just like another angle. And with regard to the real Warrens, um, everyone. Who, who met them or dealt with them during their, you know, ghost hunting, demon fighting days. Even folks who met them with a specific intent of um, disproving them agreed that they were lovely and sincere people, that they were wonderful to be around, that they were kind, they were, they were just delightful, and that they sincerely believed in what they were doing and took it very seriously and cared very much about the people they dealt with. But the Warrens themselves, wonderful. Um, so even people who walked away saying, I don't think what they do is inherently dangerous because I don't believe in any of the stuff they believe in. And I don't think I've seen sufficient evidence to change my mind. The only danger is that, you know, they, if, if I believe this is delusion fundamentally or misunderstanding, that they can kind of feed that, they have the potential to feed that fear um, and encourage unhealthy beliefs or behaviors in other people. But they're not doing that from any kind of that's not coming from a malicious place. It's coming from a, a shared belief system and that they also have the ability to make people feel a lot better. Even if I am looking at the whole situation and thinking there's no evidence any of this is fucking real. If at the end of it, the people feel better and can go about their lives comfortably, then what did the Warrens do except goodness anyway? Um, but the, the, yeah, the common consensus among anyone who dealt with the Warrens was that they were, I mean, they are. Lorraine is still alive. Ed has passed on. But that the Warrens as a team were were lovely. They seem nice. Even when they went to that one person or that one family's house and they were like, there's usually a logical explanation for why these things happen. Mm-hmm. I was and like, they, bitch, this wouldn't be a movie if there were. <laughs> but that part was just a subplot, right? To establish their credibility. Yes. Mm. Exactly. Where they were like, we're not spiritualists trying to trick you into communicating with your dead son or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I I wish that the movie had been about them, personally. I wish we had done, like, the part that does talk about Annabelle and whatever Lorraine saw. Then you should watch Annabelle. I should, maybe. You should watch Annabelle. <laughs> maybe, maybe when we bring you back. Yeah. I don't think you would want that. Ugh, stop. <laughs> that's how you made us feel that's how you made us feel earlier me <laughs> yeah when you made that weird voice and we both went whoa no yeah <laughs> but did you know annabelle like looks nothing like that like it's, it's actually a raggedy ann doll I oh yeah we were talking that. about that earlier we were talking about that earlier i heard I you say annabelle it but was... i didn't know it before y'all said it oh, oh i was like but raggedy ann is even scarier than that that one is 100 percent even scarier but i can see like yeah. why mainstream they're like oh this looks 
stupid. Like this looks funny. Like they would laugh at it. Like mainstream. She doesn't. But to here's me, Raggedy Ann is that's terrifying. Here's the problem: cloth doesn't photograph that well. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, I'm serious. We're talking about her being on camera. Yep. The porcelain reflects, reflects light, yeah. and gives you shadows. And you can even even with the exact same face every time, you can kind of like. You can make it get a facsimile of an expression, kind of. yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas an actual Raggedy Ann doll is not going to photograph that way. And also, also Raggedy Ann looks really dorky. It's like if it's like if if they used a Raggedy Ann doll, it would have looked like one of those scary movie movies, like in the ones that are called scary movie. You right. know? Like making fun. It would have looked exactly, campy, exactly. kind of. Yeah, it would be like, oh, this is yeah. so stupid that it's like it's not scary. It's funny. This yeah. is Raggedy Ann. Well, and that's where I think, like, Chucky walks a beautiful line there. Yes. And Bride of Chucky. I've actually never seen any It's of way it better. It's Bride of Chucky just... is the one. It has Jennifer Tilly in it, and she talks like a sexy baby. It's so good. <laughs> I love her. I'm, that's like from 30 Heart. I'm a very I'm sexy very baby. Sexy. But it's more, like, raspy. You gotta watch well, it. Yeah, sure. I'm totally gonna watch a movie about possessed dolls. Like on purpose, but that, that one's funny. It's more humor than scary. Child's play is supposed to be scary. So it's how like Fast and the Furious was like trying to be an action movie and like you know like yeah. the action sequences are good and everything else is bad. And yeah. then Too Fast, Too Furious was like, oh, Let's just if we just into lean this. into it, yeah, exactly, and bring Tyrese on board, Woo! and then we yes. all had a wonderful There's time. No Tyrese, Tyrese and Luda and Luda. Yes. Too Fast, Too Furious is the jam. Rest in peace, Paul Walker, my middle school crush. For real. Remember She's All That? Yeah, but you know who I really loved in She's All That? Who? It's, the answer is obvious. Who? Delay Hill. I don't know who that is. What the actual fucking fuck? Rachel, do you know who that is? No, I have no idea. Delay Hill from the West Wing. Um, from She's All That. From Psych? From what? I'm a '90s baby. <laughs> Listeners, I need I need your, your help. cat looks very angry. <laughs> she was like glaring. So you said you didn't. You said I don't know who Dulay Hill is, and he went, "Bitch!" She almost named me Dulay Hill. Are you kidding? But then I didn't. I because love I was it when dating. animals have whole human names. Like my one friend named her dog Wayne Brady. What? That's perfect. That's the best dog name I've ever heard in my life. I, I mean, my dog has a whole human name, but it's not that funny. Yeah, that's true. But yours is good. I really want Buster someone Keaton. to name their dog Joe Biden. I want to name a dog Val Kilmer. Yes. Even better. I want to get the biggest dog known to man. Not like a big furry dog, not a fluffy, just like a big dog. And name it Val Kilmer. Okay. Which is not even a comment on Val Kilmer's like size or shape at all. No, I no. Just like no shade towards Wayne Brady either. Deep love for I just Wayne Brady. like that. Love Wayne. Wayne, love I love that line. Love that line in 30 Rock where she's like, where he's like, like talking shit about Wayne Brady. And she's like, Wayne Brady has eight People's Cho- Choice Awards. And you have, a, no, he has eight Emmys and you have a People's Choice Award you stole from Wayne Brady. <laughs> Next animal I get, I'm going to name it Phil Collins. Excellent. Well, that is, that's a boy named Sue behind that's me. That's a boy named Sue? For not knowing that's good. Like that's a good one. Which is one of those moments. That's I don't, good. Yeah, well, there's a whole story here that you don't, I'll tell you sometime off the air because the listeners have heard it before. But, um, yeah, so that's a boy named Sue. And then over here is Buster Keaton um, because he has big sad eyes and he's black and white and usually silent except when I'm recording. <laughs> and then I have a Come On Eileen running around the house somewhere. 
He is a demon, actually. That cat is... There's something wrong. Okay, so there is this guy who has very great bedroom skills that I adore. And he told... First date. First date. He tells me... Because he he learns how how I love everything spooky and Mm -hmm. am fearless in that endeavor. And that he goes, well, you know, I grew up in the town where the conjuring, the movie, the conjuring happened. And I lived right down the road from the house itself. Now, mind you, this has been like a long time since I saw the movie, the conjuring. So I was thinking Mm -hmm. of the movie called sinister. And so he said, um, my dad was a school teacher so back then, all of those kids were in his class. And I'm thinking of the movie Sinister, where, like, the kids, like, are trying, like, they're the ones being possessed, trying to kill everybody. And he's like, yeah, in the tree Dang. where it happened, where, again, I'm thinking Sinister, where the kids were hung or something. He was like, that tree, they later tried to take it down. So they right. brought they brought workers with chainsaws. And this guy with the chainsaw, it, like, turned on him. <gasps> and it killed him. Oh my gosh. And I was like, and I had like, I was like a cartoon with like hearts in my eyes for this boy ever since. (laughs) I was like, please tell me more. Please tell me there are more stories to go with this and I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Well, that's a good story. I mean, it's very sad, but. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know if that's true because didn't, didn't. Right. Because he was entertaining you. yeah. Right. Because I mean, like it's, it, it happened in the town. There's going to be lore about what happened in their town. It's a small town. Um, But we, we learned that like Bathsheba didn't actually hang herself from that tree. So what would be possessing the tree to. What's the point of that tree? Yeah. Right. Right. Hey, can we, can our closer be what, what um, song you'd want? Uh, Patrick Wilson to sing to you oh god that's such a good closer question like at karaoke what would you want him to dedicate to you okay can't stop this feeling I'm just gonna keep it simple because I think he can pull it off and say unchained melody you know that's my ex's karaoke song oh but I feel like anybody who ever sings that song at karaoke I'm trying to be best friends with forever because the lyrics don't make any sense they don't. I just feel betrayed now, but it's fine. No, that was my idea before. You know that I was friends with him and suggested that. Wait, can I change my answer? I do. Yeah. yeah. Every breath you take. Excellent. It's, because it's also Ew. creepy. Yeah. Like uh, the Bobby Brown song, Every Little Step I Take. What? Will be there. That one? No, Every Breath You Take. Oh, the Phil Collins one. No, every every I mean, they're, they're breath. Not... No. Oh, Sting. Yes. My bad. It's Sting. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the like creepy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got I'll it. I'll be watching. I was thinking of the, ro- the right song, but the wrong person. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, most of the police is creepy, actually. If you really listen to all of it. Or maybe Gangster's Paradise. That would be cool. Really, Gangster's Paradise. Really, Pat- like Patrick Wilson singing Gangster's Paradise. Wait, okay. No, it's too much. You're right. You're right. No, it's too much. I mean, you could see him pulling off and being fun as hell. Like jiving his hips. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. Actually, I'm picturing it now. Yeah, that'd be a great time. What about Because the Night by Patti Smith? That'd be a good one. Why don't just have him do Sex with Me by Rihanna? That's good too. <laughs> Now that we've devolved all the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Rachel, thank you so much for being on. It's this always episode. a pleasure. 
We loved having you. I, I love being back. here. I hope I come back too. Yay. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Please don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. You can get it fresh off the press. And thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yay!